Father, we give you. To, to say that because we are supposed to be spirit beings but what we see in our days today is that even those who are in the Lord are not able to identify or align with their spirituality or their true nature hallelujah yesterday um as I was teaching during the Mysteries of the Kingdom program, I said, you know, uh, peeking deeper into the um, the f into the fact that originally we are spirit beings. And we were not created as fleshly beings. Now, this is what, um, and this is what and where believers actually miss it because we found ourselves in the region of the flesh without understanding that when we accepted Yeshua as our Lord and Savior, we actually moved from the realm and the dimension of the flesh into the realm and dimension of the spirit. Okay, and I see a lot of believers, and I hear them say things like, "Oh, you are too spirit." So, if you are accusing your fellow believers that they are too spirit, then who are you? So, are you carnal? Is that what you're trying to say? Why are you attacking those who want to be who they are? I don't know if you're here. Why would you be offended because somebody wants to live his life? It's like you getting angry with the dog because he's barking. Why would you do that? Everybody knows that dog's back. Okay, I'm learning from my children because they own dogs, even though I'm the one who paid, <laughs> paid for it. Uh, I get angry when I come back from work. Or from anywhere I go to. Once I drive in, the two dogs will just come to welcome me. And they will be wagging their tails. I'm like, what is it about wagging tails? <laughs> Do you understand? I'm so upset. I, I, you know, and then they want to hit on me. You know? It's like, I'm just minding my business, just going. And they use their snot or their you know, mouth and hit me. You know? And of course, they will leave traces of their saliva. <laughs> and my kids will tell me, look, Papa, that's how they are. They are dogs. 
So I'm angry with the dog for being a dog. You get what I'm saying? Uh -huh. So when you have accepted Yeshua as your Lord and Savior, okay, when you have accepted Yeshua as your Lord and Savior, what you actually did, because the Bible tells us that if anyone be in Christ, if anyone, it says you are a new creation. So something very dramatic, something very drastic, something very elaborate took place. The fact that it just happened, it's like a baby who's just born. The baby doesn't know that his mother carried him for nine months. Did he know? No. He was in another realm, in another dimension. He was inside the womb. He could care less what happened to him before the... The only thing is that immediately he just came out of the womb and he starts sucking oxygen. He starts crying. The reason why he's crying is because he's not used to. That's not the kind of um, respiratory system that he was used to. I hope you hear what I'm saying. And then he starts crying. Hmm? He didn't know that his mother almost had hypertension. He didn't even know the mode of delivery. He didn't even know whether he was a CS. He didn't know. All he just knows is that I'm out here, give me milk. If he's hungry, he starts crying. Anything he wants is that. You get what I'm saying? So, same thing with us as believers, children of God. We don't understand the process, what actually happened when we accepted Yeshua as our Lord and Savior, there was a process. Did you hear that? There actually was a process. The fact that you are here in flesh, and let's say it was just yesterday that I gave my life to Christ. When you look at me, you still see Francis. Okay? But the Francis you are seeing is the flesh, Francis. You are not seeing the spirit, man. Did you hear that? The spirit man is hidden behind this face. Now, the work that took place, actually took place in the spirit man. And the problem we have is that that spirit man is pushing to come out into the physical. And the soul has memories of the enjoyment of the physical and the flesh. So the soul is restricting the spirit man from showing. That's what's called glory. When the spirit man is able to come out in his true nature into visibility, it's, that's what's called glory. Why? Because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. And then he continues that all things have passed away and behold, all things are what? New. All things are of God. So what it means is that you actually translated from human being to God. 
Because it says all things are of God. Hmm? Isn't that what it is? All things are of God. So it means that what used to be casual, Francis, casual, normal uh, Joshua, okay, or our brother Israel, or Samson, something has changed. You're only wearing a mask, a mask of flesh. Behind the mask is a glorified being that is a splitting image with our Lord and and Savior, Yeshua. Hmm? Mm -hmm. So, in the realm of the Spirit, you are living a life. Yesterday I was talking about it. You know, you are living a life. There is a realm of the Spirit. This human flesh has to begin to identify and agree with the activity of the realm of the spirit. Did you hear that? What the principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this present age are doing is that they are churning out pleasures, entertainments. Are you getting what I'm saying? Food, music, dance, flesh that are pleasant to the eyes and have the memory of the fallen man. So when you see it, you're like, but it's all deception. And the purpose of that is to keep you from joining into your home country. I hope you hear what I'm saying. If you check the book of uh, Hebrews, chapter 11, The Bible tells us of our father Abraham that he was looking for a country. Okay? He was looking for a city. That word city is looking for an image or looking for a personality or a heavenly or spiritual body whose builder and maker is God. I hope you hear. This body we are looking at right now even though it was God that created it, but it has been formed, okay, by this present age. That's why Romans tells you, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind. Did you hear that? Something tampers with your mind. Reasoning. How you reason, how you think, ideologies, your way of life, how you assess things, how you look at things and interpret things is your mind. Did you hear that? That's why the book of Corinthians, Second Corinthians tells us that uh, uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So that warfare, you can remove it and say the weapons of our lifestyle or our culture or our priesthood hmm, is not carnal or natural, but rather it is mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down 
or discrediting and not patronizing. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Um, images, thoughts, patterns, ideologies of this present age. Can we put it up, Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4? I hope is that. Hallelujah. Now, if you look at verse 3, it tells us this. Verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, that word walk means even though our conversation, our lifestyle, or we find ourselves transacting in the flesh. It says, even though so, it says, we actually do not war according to the flesh. You see, let's see how it goes. Even though we walk in the flesh, we do not. So he did not say, we do not walk in, uh, according to the flesh. What he says is that we do not what? War. So which means that for you to be able to resist the walk of the flesh, it's a warfare. Right? In our continues in verse 4, it says, the reason why we war in the flesh is because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But rather, they are, what? Mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds. Hmm? It's not everybody who can do this. We need to begin to look deeply into some of these little things we take casually. It's not everybody that can go against this thing. It's not everyone that has the power to war against the flesh. If you are in the flesh, you can't war against it. Hmm? You will just swim in the flesh. Because you, that's your home. That's, what you were, that's where you were born into. That's your identity. I hope you hear what I'm saying. That's your identity. You can't fight against yourself. Some people say, I, I can't keep myself. Do you get it? Have you ever noticed even ugly people like themselves? Hmm? You see them, when you see them in the mirror. I remember there was a particular guy when I was in college. He would spend almost 45 minutes combing his hair. Almost 45, close to one hour. After taking a shower, he would come out on the balcony 
and spent time combing his hair. He was short, very military in his personality. He used to be in the U.S. before. <laughs> Praise God. So you can't war. It's not everybody that has the power and authority. You must have come out of the flesh. And you must have been equipped with the necessary weaponry. It's called weapons. Hmm? Those weapons are not tangible. It's not what you see. They are of God. Did you hear that? So if they are of God, then it means it's supernatural. And it's in another realm, another dimension, and it's powerful. Because it says it's mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. Casting down imaginations. Imagination is from the word image. Hmm? So if it is from the word image, it means that you are bearing an image. It means that this warfare is to Bring down everything that composes that image. And what composes the, the content of the image, okay? <laughs> you know, sometimes we don't, even, we don't take time to meditate. When I was teaching yesterday, I talked about meditating virtually. Imagination. Now, permit me to say this. A young man sees a, a, a very beautiful young lady with nice shapes, you know, and has exposed part of her body, and he's, he's caught. What is he doing? He's imagining what he would do with that lady. I hope you hear what I'm saying. If he's given opportunity at a particular time, you understand? So, Yeshua says that if you do that, he says that you have already committed adultery. Why? Because the power of imagination. Did you hear me? Imagination, we play with imagination. We are not able to understand the power of images. Did you hear me? We are not able to understand that. Praise God. So you have to come with a counter image to bring down that image, dismantle the component parts of the image that is so solid. It's called stronghold. Images are strongholds. Did you hear me? Images are strongholds. You think is very simple. Images are strongholds. Did you hear? Images are strongholds, very strongholds, very strong strongholds, actually garrisons. They capture and captivate somebody and causes that person to reason, to think, and to behave in a particular way. It even affects your tongue, your language. Did you hear? It affects your food, images. Affects your tongue, your food, your way of life, your physical structure, how you look. 
Did you hear me? So images are not what you play with. They are component parts. It's like you want to make a plate of soup. There must be some very important ingredients. My wife, the problem she's having is that we keep changing our chefs. Because all the chefs are used to Maggie and salt. And we say, we don't want Maggie, we don't want salt. We want to eat healthy. They don't know how to do that. My wife would teach them. They are so, they know they can't move in that realm. That's all they know. But when my wife comes to cook, she has options. She knows what to throw into the soup to give it the flavor. You don't have to use Maggie because Maggie is destructive to the human body. But all the restaurants, that's what they use. Pa, 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 they bring out, they deliver to you. And then you go licking your hands up and down your place. Do you get what I'm saying? So to bring a soup, you have to have leaves, water, heat, pot. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, what? Spices, crayfish, onions, and stuff like that. So there are component parts that packages a plate of soup. Same thing with image. There are component parts that bring an image together. Now that's what the book of 2 Corinthians is telling us. That you should dismantle those things. It says they are mighty to God, casting down arguments. Did you hear that? Arguments. Those arguments and those images are priestly. That's why they are able to stay. I don't know if you hear. See, my son uh, uh, got me into some movies and he showed me a particular one. I think, I don't know if it's Infinity Wars or something like that. There were so many of these superheroes and all that, but there's a particular guy who is a priest. While other people are using their energy, the priest doesn't move. He just walks gently. When you know, when something's coming, he just do like that. Just you know, just very easy. He's not his strength is not in his physical energy. The reason why you're a priest is so that you don't walk. Your strength is not carnal. Your strength is in the spirit. So you can't be telling me, you know, when we use energy, you know, sometimes we even bring cutlass and some people tell them we bring koboko and, you know, koboko night and all those kind of things. They help you, imagination, but the power is not in the koboko, it's in the name of Yeshua. I hope you hear what I'm saying. You know, there's some, some fathers that will tell you, God, the Lord is with you, that's all. He won't spend time praying long prayer. He has captured the power, the blessing of God in simple words. I hope you hear me. And those simple words, because they come from his body that is dedicated to the service of the Lord through years, when he says something, it can't change. 
it will be just like Eli when Eli told uh, Hannah, "Say, go, the Lord has heard your prayers." <laughs> he just said, and and Hannah knew that this is the high priest talking. So, and the guy who is talking has the high priest garment. So life came out of his mouth when he said, you can go. The Lord hear your prayers. Did the Lord not hear her prayers? Because the blessing came from him, when the woman brought that child back, Eli was in that boy. He had to help to nurture that boy into the, <coughs> excuse me, the best and one of the greatest prophets in Israel. That boy was a small child. He, the, her mother just weaned her from the breast when they brought, when she brought him to, to the temple. There was nobody looking after the, the young boy. Is Eli. He could have, if he was a wicked man, he could have done anything to that little boy. But no, the prophecy, that was the fruit of his prophecy. Did you get? Actually, the lineage, the priestly lineage, moved from his twin boys into that boy. So if he killed that boy, he had killed himself. That's his lineage. Did you hear that? <laughs> Praise God. So coming back, we need to understand something. Francis, you have to come closer because I'm going to shift from you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So look at it, verse 5. It says, casting down. That word, casting down. Now, when you are reading and studying scriptures and meditating on scriptures, don't follow the English language. <laughs> Did you hear? Don't follow English language. Read it with spirit. Because when you say casting down, what is casting down? How do they say it in Yoruba language? Uh, is it Jule now? Jule. Do you understand? But casting down is very serious. That's the true meaning. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Dismember whatsoever it is that, that brought up that argument. I hope you hear me. It's talked about argument. Are you getting me? Have you been to the court before? When somebody comes up with an argument, you dismantle that argument. Throw it, you know, break it down. The guy won't... <laughs> The man will say, arrest my case. And he goes to sit down. Did you get what I'm saying? Why? You have dismantled that guy's, the, whatever argument that he had, that he was relying on to win that case, you have dismantled it. Did you hear? So here he says, casting down every argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I hope you hear me. Those arguments, hmm? actually, see, God is helping us to actually break into the fabric of our priesthood. Did you hear me? 
Because the person who fashioned the flesh, okay, is a priest. Hmm? You know Satan? That thing he did. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Those are three component parts. And if you follow it closely, you will see your spirit, your soul, and your body in there. It's three. Hmm? And he packaged it in such a way that, how will you pass that thing? How will you go pass it? Did you hear that? You are in a matrix. You can't come out of it. So someone else has to come in. Are you getting me? And act as if it's one of those who are trapped. And then from in there, expose a new life from inside, from within. And then now begin a new generation of people. That's why it says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away and behold... All things have become new. And then he now says, all things are of God. If it's not of God, it cannot defeat the flesh. It can't. It can't. So when he's saying here, he's saying, casting down imagination and every high thing. So those things are high. They are exalted things. Things that have been put in a high place. That when people see it, they see it as the best options. They don't, they can't, you can't afford to look down on it. It's like, wow, this is it. Everybody will go for it. But it says casting down imagination. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. These are knowledges, wisdoms. Did you hear what I'm saying? wisdoms that were crafted by a dark priest. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Now, those wisdoms is what people are proud of. It's a life and it's a way, it's a nature, it's a language, a culture, a people. Do you understand? That people identify with and it affects their tongue. It affects the kind of food they eat. That's why Yoruba man will call an Igbo man a Jakuta man mumi. Because they eat strong food and they don't need to drink water. And then the Igbo man will call the Yoruba man. What do they call <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? As they are hitting them, they are hitting their roots. Did you hear me? It's a group, a nation of people. But God is planning to dismember us and pluck us out of every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every people. Did you hear? Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that can be done only by priesthood, by blood, by life. Now look at, it says, bringing every thought, can you see the word thought, every reasoning, every ideology, every way of life, every thought, bringing them to what? The obedience of the Messiah, obedience of Christ. Every thought, let it pass through the Christ to weigh the balance. 
Is this Christ? No. Throw it out. Did you hear? And then being ready to punish every or all disobedience, when your obedience is complete or fulfilled, hmm? it's really funny. It's also very wicked to teach God's people that once you get born again, you start waiting for rapture so that you can go, but you will not grow. You will not tell them that they need to grow. You will not tell them that they need to learn. You will not tell them that they need to become like the pattern son. Praise God. You will tell them, don't worry, once you just, when the trumpet comes. So people, when you're teaching, they don't pay any importance to teaching. They don't. But Yeshua said, come unto me, Matthew chapter 11, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, you are laden with flesh, says I will give you rest. It says learn of me. So we are supposed to learn. You learn, okay, that's what Romans says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? Renewal of your mind. Renew your mind means learning. Did you hear? Learning. But people don't pay attention to learning. But if it's prayer, ha. If, I, if, if we change Kebadulam, say new face of Kebadulam. Kebadulam praying ministries. You will see what will happen here. Hmm? Now, let me talk about that a little bit. Now, if I say, Kevadulam praying ministries, come and learn how to pray yourself into the image of God. You won't see anybody here. <laughs> you won't see anybody here. So it's not, you can't just come and say, ah, we have changed, we're now praying ministry now. I hope that people are going to come. When you just say, <laughs> she was, I just speak Yoruba. <laughs> she was a miracle, man. <laughs> she spectacular. <laughs> you understand? There are some specific kind of things that people are looking for that wires into their system. And if it's not there, don't mind that guy. They never see that. I mean, look at the go where. <laughs> I saw yesterday morning, I saw, this morning, I saw a woman wearing a particular kind of uh, jacket. You know, like this um, reflective jacket and the, the name of a particular churches. And I'm just wondering, I said, I wonder what Pasuche would say when he, he sees me wearing that thing and write the name of whatever, whatever. Yeah. So after dressing, you must wear that thing. I understand that. There's a reason, and I think they buy it. Uh -huh. And. That, So if you print, if I go and print my own, the <laughs> works. The anointing is not in that one because the man of God has to pray over it. Praise God, Hallelujah. So I, I, do you understand what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. So coming back to what I was saying, please. Sorry, I just one more thing. Uh, there's a process. Okay. The fact that you are still in this flesh doesn't mean that this is 
all that is about you. Because if you check the book of Genesis, it says that first of all, God made man in his image after his likeness, okay? And then it now says, in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So there was a realm and a dimension where man was created. That realm is not the realm of the physical. That realm is another dimension. Okay? So whatsoever Anything that is created has to, the substances of the creation has to come from that realm. Hmm? He wanted to create the flesh of man. He now says, and the Lord God came down to the dust of the earth and began to, you know, mesh or mold. Are you getting what I'm saying? And molded the form of a man with the dust of the earth. Okay? Now, when I just say molded, it's much more than that. A time will come when we'll go deep into that one. You get what I'm saying? Because the dust, every time you, people, when you say dust of the earth, people think it's just the brown, uh, this is sand there. Huh? There were specific, do you understand, materials from different aspects of this physical realm. Do you get what I'm saying? That were brought ingredients from this physical to mix it up to form the body of a man. That's why you see some people can move from here to Japan, move from here to some dimensions in the physical realm. Did you hear what I'm saying? Why? Because the, the environment will welcome them. The environment will welcome them. They are not strange to the environment. Did you hear what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? It's like... If you bought, you know, Yoruba people like obokun or something like that. Obokun is just a mud fish, I think. Catfish. It's also mud fish, I think. Right? Catfish is always from the mud, muddy waters. Uh -huh. So now, <laughs> the one in Lagos State is different in taste. From the ones in Calabar, the ones in Wari, the ones in Port Harcourt. You know the reason? Because of the ecosystem, the environment. So the environment contributes its own quota, the atmosphere, the kind of leaves and foliages, okay, that fall into the water and the content of the water in that environment. Lagos has salt. Those other places don't have salt the way Lagos has. Did you hear? There's a particular uh, pepper called Osensoka. It's the pepper from Osoka. The taste is not found anywhere in the world. It's only in that place. It has a unique fragrance. I just bought it recently. And the person that helped me buy it asked me, that, how are you going to plant it? You won't get the same taste. I said, I will go and buy the soil from that place. And if I want to go further, I can go and find out the temperature of that environment and bring it here and make a greenhouse and program the temperature of the greenhouse to be equivalent to that one with the soil content. And then gradually, I will be changing the soil content to be sure that the 
the ingredients or the nutrients inside the soil doesn't get eaten up by the plants. It's God who did it that way. It's like the cedars of Lebanon. They call it cedars of Lebanon. They last for thousands of years, 1,000 years, one tree, 2,000 years. It's, they, are, they are tall. You can't find them in Lagos. <laughs> it's not possible. It's God that did all that. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Did you get that? Praise the Lord. So when we say that God made man out of the dust of the earth, hmm? it's not the sand that we just buy in, uh, in uh, Moe. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Did you get that? Praise God. Who you are, your true nature is very important. Believers have to begin to identify with who they truly are. And understand that this flesh and this world is actually a stranger. Did you hear? Did you hear me? So we have to begin to get acquainted with our realm and our world. And we do that by virtual imaginations and studying God's word. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Because the content of your creation is the word of God. It says, what did Peter say? So we're born of what? We're born of what? Incorruptible what? Seed. It says um, First Peter. Is that correct? First Peter. First Peter one twenty three. Is that what it is? That's right. It says in verse 22, it says, Since you have purified your soul in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren. Now, listen, the way I, if, if you know how much I love the Lord, eh, there is no escape. You see this love of the brethren? There's no escape. You can't escape it. I see people try to dodge from loving their brethren. You amuse me. That thing you're looking for, you won't get it. Look at it now. It says in verse 22, I didn't read the first one. It says, since you have purified your soul in obeying the truth, Through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Hmm? Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. 
Hmm? Did you see that? You were what? Born of what? Incorruptible seed. John chapter 1. He came to his own. His own refused him. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power or give them the power to what? To become. Do you understand? So the content, your origin, what flavors you, what created you, what made you, your innermost composition is the word of God. So your home is the word. The way, all right, okay, which fruit do you get in Lagos? Cherry, okay. There's cherry in Lagos, but there's cherry also everywhere. Agbalomo, right? Is that Agbalomo you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Cherry. Which cherry is that? Cherry is Agbalomo now. Mm-hmm. Isn't that Agbalomo? Right? Ah, I'd like to see that. If you could... Google it. Let me see it. I like to see the visual. Okay. Okay. Where are you from? Quara State. State. Okay. What do you have in Quara State? Unique. You don't know. You don't even go there. You. Where are you from? Huh? Ocean State. What kind of soup do you guys cook there? You have not been there. Please. I beg. Where where are you from? Abia State. Okay. What kind of what kind of soup? Ofo worry. Oha. Now, Oha, do you get Oha in Lagos? No. Oha is not in Lagos. Achara, is Achara in Lagos? You don't get Achara. There's what is called Ofa Achara, right? There's Ofa Oha, right? Those are mega, mega delicacies. They are found in specific places. God put them there, right? Okay? And they thrive. They grow in those places. The temperature... The soil content, the the heat of the sun, and then the wind, and then the kind of rain that falls. How frequent the rains fall, and all the different compositions that build that, or those fruits, or those um, vegetables, or whatever it is, they understand, and give it the taste. Like in my place, Agbo, there is a soup called Ofe Ujuju. Have you ever heard that? Can't hear that now. You can't. When I say Ujuju, you say, did he say Juju? Did he say Ujuju? You can't now. But let me just tell an Aboman that Ofe Ujuju is there. Say, hey, ah, it's Russian. I have a niece in my house who is from Isoko. Of all the soups, it's Banga soup that she loves. What did he say? Top notch. <laughs> Banga soup. That's what fresh is from. Did you hear? Now, all these things are, but you are born, not of flesh. 
You are born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God who would leave it and abide it forever. That's where you're from. That's your homeland. Your food is the word of God. If you now fill yourself with junk of flesh, all the different things that this world is offering you, and you think you're being trendy, you are choking yourself and choking the life of God out of you, and you become a man. Hallelujah. It's all priesthood. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Papa. Hallelujah. Can we just respond with our hearts? Amen. We're not of this world. Hallelujah. We're from a different place. Hallelujah. We have a unique appetite, a unique value system. There are things that we value being offspring of God, being children of Zion. There are delicacies. Hallelujah. There are specialties. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We are not from here. We are not of this world. Yes, the enemy might be lying to us, and there's areas of our lives where we're persuaded of the enemy's lies. But everlasting Father, once we taste of our world, once we partake of our meals, Lord Jesus, there is a reminder, there is an awakening, hallelujah. There is a call in our hearts to our homeland, to our home country. We say thank you, Lord. We say thank you, Jesus. We are not from here. We are from somewhere that is greater. Hallelujah. We are from somewhere that is better. Hallelujah. A better country. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. A promised land. A good land. A land flowing with milk and honey. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this incredible heritage. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, we'll be leaning in and out, hallelujah, like that throughout this time. Um, I wanted to say something that I thought was very interesting. Um, you know, Papa spoke about um, different locations having different, um, will I say like parameters, atmospheric parameters that support different kinds of plants. Right now, um, there's this invisible war that's taking place all over the world. It's called the Chip Wars, hallelujah. And basically, it's called the chip wars, computer chip, semiconductor wars. What's happening right now is that um, because of what happened, the COVID thing, there's this artificial um, shortage or famine that's been generated by specific individuals. And that has led to many semiconductor industries almost collapsing under the, the demand. Who's ever, who knows about the PlayStation 5? Anyone who decided it not, has not been available since it came? Oh, what's up? How you doing? I was doing well. Happy New Year. Hallelujah. Um, that hasn't been available for a while. You know the reason why? Because of the chip shortage. Hallelujah. Um, who's, who's um, let me see here. How many of you know about, um, let me give an example that's a little bit more practical. There are some things that ought to be more available that are not available um, because of this. Uh, another example is, Unless you're a video gamer, you might understand what I'm saying, <laughs> or a tech person, amen? If you're in the tech world, um, NVIDIA graphics cards, they have been so rare to find the most, um, most recent NVIDIA graphics cards. The only devices that are in abundance are Apple devices, and that's because Apple has a lot of capital, so they bought things 
years before. So because of that, they have access to a huge reservoir. And it's by first come, first serve. And the first come, first serve is by paying money. So because they ordered chips years ago, they have first claim to any of them that come in stock. Right now in the world, chips designed by American companies, they are in very short supply. That is the truth. And what is interesting is that the countries that usually make them are Taiwan, Korea, and Japan. And these specific countries were, were handpicked for specific reasons. And it was because in those countries, the labor force that produces these things are very, very cheap. But they're also very, very skillful. That's what I'm saying. So because of those unique parameters, you find that specific things flourish in those places. Does that make sense? You find economies you know, inclined to that area. You find that in somewhere like China, for example, or in somewhere like Taiwan. Taiwan specifically for semiconductors. China for the assembly of many products. So you see many products are made in China, right? But semiconductors, they are, um, there we go, yes, there's a chip right there, okay? Semiconductors um, um, fabricated in Taiwan, hallelujah. You'll also find that in another place called the Netherlands, they make the lasers used for etching out the semiconductors. They're only made in Netherlands, amen? And that's because of unique parameters that are there as well. You find that because of unique parameters, you find some specific things being found in specific places. Does that make sense? So when God made different human beings, amen, different races, different tribes, different tongues, different people, he didn't make them just because he just wants, I just give me a different kind of, ah, black, Indian, hey, white, hey. No, God has specific things that he wants. Who knows what I'm saying? And understanding this from the heart of God would help us understand also why God, we, also, we all have different stories as well. Amen? If you check our lives, some of us, we grew up in what might be, cons what might be considered um, difficult or harsh circumstances. Amen? Some of us maybe with a silver spoon. Some of us, there's no spoon. We were born with... <laughs> we were born. That is the end of the story. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen? They gave birth to us. Next chapter two. <laughs> Hallelujah. God wants... Amen? people f with that upbringing to be able to offer incense to him. Amen? God wants the people that they were born, you know, one of my friends, she grew up in an environment. Everyone there is committing sexual sin. All the girls there are sleeping around. But she saw, at a very young age, she saw some things happen. She made up her mind to remain a virgin until she got married. Amen? Now, other girls in that same area, they also saw that and their own response was, let me go and join them and who knows what I'm saying? So you find out from each place, amen, God wants witnesses. What's that what I'm saying? God wants, ah, this person grew up in this area. Despite all of this, they are worshiping God. I want that witness. What's that what I'm saying? So some people, they grew up in a very, very dogmatic religious background. God wants incense from those people. Some people, they grew up in a very free, anything can happen, be loose. Hey, all of, like one of my friends was telling me about how, so there's some places you go to, they share everything. When food has been made, they all go and wash their hands. And as they're sitting down the table, the food is for everyone. They just open the pot and they will all dip their hands into the same bowl of eba and dip into the same soup. <laughs> it's, that's where it now differentiates whose mouth is going to. <laughs> if they could, some people would chew <laughs> and make it easier for everyone else. I didn't grow up like that. <laughs> The only place is when they're making the food. Once they are finished making the food to your tent, so Israel, <laughs> come with your plates. Uh -huh, this is my own. 
They're walking away. Hallelujah. God wants people from those places. Now, why am I saying all of these things? Hallelujah. You will discover that because of the way people grew up, those things Papa pointed out, the strongholds, the imaginations, amen, the high things, amen, the arguments, hallelujah, they would rise up based on the different factors and parameters that affected your upbringing. Is everyone listening? Some people, not just their upbringing, even their ancestry, some of the most horrifying things to me is when you see an innocent child born with the baggage of their ancestors. Who's ever heard about children born with a heroin addiction? Oh, yes, it's going to be very, very serious. Yes, some young children, when they're born, they go into shock because of the dependency on heroin. And the, the, the hospitals have to administer that thing to that child in specific doses because that child will die because of that dependency. What happens to their parents where, that's why they tell you when you're pregnant, don't be smoking because whatever you're doing, you're feeding that child. But some people, they don't have, and you, some of them, you can't even blame them. I have a friend that she works in an NGO and they deal with people that are, um, who have AIDS. Sorry? Yeah, who have AIDS and v terminal diseases, basically. And they're trying to find those that they can help. I went to, I went to hang out with her um, last weekend, last week, sorry. And I was overhearing them talk in the office, talking about people that are, di are dying. Before someone dies, do this. How many people have died from this area? I'm just talking, I'm just like, ah, these are human beings that are talking about, like, chickens. <laughs> so I was listening very closely. So can't, to just succeed and understand what's happened. They were talking about how um, people from this, oh, when they have this disease, this and this and this, and then you watch, basically they're administering medication to them and doing tests, is the NCDC, um, the National Center for Disease Control. And they're checking to see how people are responding to different medications, different drugs. And based on how they respond, he was training someone else. Like, ah, when you see da, 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 da. So long story short though, she was telling me about like young girls that they would find. That some of them, when, you, when she hears them talk, they sound like ancestors because of so much exposure. They have so much experience with so many things that she has to be very careful for her own, her own safety. Like, wait, what? What are you saying? Just because they have, at a very young age, hallelujah. All of these unique upbringings, hallelujah, all of these unique upbringings, they come with different imaginations, arguments, and strongholds. What's what I'm saying? So when we read that verse Papa was reading, give me that Second Corinthians chapter 10. Because everyone thinks in their heart, and this is a very serious thing, because the truth is that if you want to see God, if you genuinely want to see God, hallelujah, and you begin your pursuits of God, you are going to hit some things from your past. Who knows what I'm saying? You hit some things from your ancestors. Amen? I mentioned those little children. Let's see one of them wants to see God now. Amen? There is a way she grew up. Amen? That way that she grew up, amen, it is going to have a voice, if that makes sense, in her life. At different points in time, it is going to demand that she does not see God. Is everyone listening? Now, some of those things, that the grip on them can be so intense. Even the ability to fight, to see God is just not there. It's not the child. It is what? A stronghold. That's what I'm saying. Some of these things can be so strong, so intense, you cannot distinguish them from yourself. Like I know one person I was talking to, this was a few years ago, talking to me about some things or whatever, and she told me that, me, I'm not smart. I was looking at her. Can you please stop saying that? Like I get really upset. Welcome, mama. 
<laughs> I like what was a little dance there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Good to see you. <laughs> Welcome back. When this young girl was talking and saying all these things, I was like, please stop saying that. You can't, when you keep on reinforcing those things, amen? Because the truth is that, can I say something? Every one of us, now, we all have unique giftings, amen? Because of different parameters, hereditary, genetics, heritage, different things, okay? And as well as the environment you grew up in as well, amen? All of these things have a voice in your life. Some people, because of all of these things, they have a lot of practice in some things. Let's say, for example, I grew up in a house where they loved soccer, as in they loved football. Who knows what I'm saying? You know those houses that when you touch the remote control, when the soccer game is playing, you can enter lake of fire right there. As in, who knows what I'm saying? Before the end of the age, as you're just touching the remote control, you're seeing what? Fire before. You know that, that's um, dun, 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 Ghanaian uh, funeral people. As you're touching the remote control, you just see them looking out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad is going to kill you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Depending on, on your upbringing, you find that you'll exercise yourself in some areas. So because of that, you have a very strong propensity. If you come out from that household, don't be surprised. If what? You have what? Skills. Maybe if not skills in playing soccer, you have skills in remembering numbers. Number five, they move this guy from this position to this position. When you hear people that know soccer, we went, we're doing a Josiah camp, and this young boy, all throughout the camp, the boy looking at me like this. Somehow we found, welcome back, Papa. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> all throughout the camp, the boy was looking at me with a straight face. I accidentally tipped and mentioned something about soccer. That is it. All the boy's guards were dropped. See joy in the boy's eyes. Did you see the match last week? I'm looking at him. Hmm. How do we preach the gospel to this boy? <laughs> because the only thing that unlocks this boy is what? Soccer. In that area, the boy opened up like a book. So they're talking. I just kept quiet. I had nothing to say. It was this boy, wasn't named Chauffeur, that helped me out. That I began to speak with him. I just found a way to somehow close the conversation and bring it back to God. As soon as we got back to Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Because of exercise in that area, what's happening? There's a lot of delight there. There's a lot of joy there. Is everyone listening? So because of that, there's a, there's a lot of strength there. That young boy, he thinks in his mind that he's a, a reservoir for soccer trivia. That's what he was made for. <laughs> but if you check the scriptures, what were human beings made for? The image and likeness of God, Right? were made to feast on God, right? To dine on God. But that thing that they made him for, when they bring it in front of him, who knows what I'm saying? What I'm trying to point out here is the fact that it is possible, hallelujah, for you to have this destiny in front of you, and yet you have these strongholds. You have these high things. Is everyone listening? About what I was talking about. It says here, though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but what? Mighty in God for pulling. Do you know what mighty in God means? They are effective. Now, when Paul wrote this thing, Paul was speaking to Gentiles. Is anyone listening? I'm really trusting God that will uncover this thing because it's very, very powerful. Amen. Paul was speaking to who? Gentiles. You know, Jews, they were all groomed, 
if you check the way a Jewish person is grows up, I am not going to lie. It is just because of the blindness of their leaders that they rejected Jesus. Who knows what I'm saying? The way God designed the Jewish culture, you are meant to you're meant to be kissing Jesus before he's born. They had songs. I mean, there is no part of their life that is not, there's no God, there's no, specifically Jesus. On the day Jesus Christ was being crucified, the songs that they were singing, Yahweh is Yeshua, Yahweh is Yeshua, Yahweh is Yeshua, as in God is Jesus, but the sacrifice, all the different psalms they would sing, the hymns, everything, when they're wearing their clothes, it's all Jesus. So when you, (laughs) hallelujah, when you go from that environment, you now come to Gentiles. What do they know of their life? Ha, I'm not going to lie. When God showed Peter the objective of <laughs> ministering the gospel to the Gentiles, you know what God did? God showed him this giant sheet and all kinds of wild animals were there. Octopus. Is everyone listening? Elephant. Giraffe. Camel. All kinds of I mean, weird things. As Peter was seeing it, he was wondering, where is this vision coming from? <laughs> I can't eat this thing. <laughs> Not so, Lord. He knew, he knew it was God. God told him, eat, son of man. Not so. It was built inside of his frame. That's what I'm saying. Now, that, those people that were captured in that way, it's not that the people themselves were those things. Is everyone listening? Their souls, is everyone listening, had been trained over years in all kinds of nonsense. Um, I've gotten into AI art a lot, and um, I began to look up other people that are in this space. There's, there's a few people that are for God, and there are people that are for Satan. <laughs> I saw one page. This lady, she's doing, um, she's doing, I didn't know that she was doing um, East African, sorry, West African idols and gods. So I saw one, she did a, a bedroom. She said, um, we're waiting for our king. I was like, oh, bride of Christ. <laughs> Let me keep on seeing. So I started looking through all the pictures one by one, this and this and that. And I saw one lady. I was like, ah, this woman doesn't scream anything from the Bible though. She didn't look immoral or bad, but she just had this look of demonic that she generated from the AI thing or whatever. So I kept on looking, whatever. I now saw the name of the, what is that? I can't remember the name, it's in Yoruba, but it literally means, it just basically means like mermaid mermaid woman or the, like a nymph, what is it now? Hallelujah. <laughs> when I saw that, I said to myself, there's a lot of work to be done. Do you know that even the, the letters for writing in, in, in other, other Gentile countries, the inspiration to craft the letters were inspired by evil spirits. <laughs> Is anyone listening? The thought patterns, what we call logic, you know lo- what we call logic? That thing was given to human beings by evil spirits. How many of you know that? No, it's okay. Don't worry. God can, God can speak through a donkey. God can make what is it now? God can make stones to worship him. Amen. Don't, there's no way you can go about this thing where you you get overwhelmed by demonic, hey, everything is everything. Blah, 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 blah. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof, the world, and the inhabitants. And uh, I'm trying to, the specific thing the Lord showed me recently. 
you can be inside of a witch's coven. They can be doing their sacrifices. And light can shine out of darkness in that place. Does that make sense? So we're not looking at things from the place of... No, 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 no. We're looking, we're, we're just, we're looking at things at face value first. Then we're going to preach the gospel. <laughs> Amen? So don't like us to be overwhelmed by grief. Who then can be saved? God. Amen? Because the way we can go about this thing that is... Amen? But honestly speaking, <laughs> Satan did a very serious work in humanity. If you check Daniel's vision, I'm, I'm really... I'm really appealing to the fact. I don't know if you've ever. What's your name, sorry, young lady? What's your name? Hello, Esther. This is your first. This is your first time in the cave, right? It's the first time. Okay. Um, are you exposed to? Have you ever heard about? Okay, you're a believer, right? Obviously, you're here. Yeah. So, you've, have you heard about Daniel's vision? Um, Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, you can, you can sit down. You can sit down. You're totally fine. Ah. <laughs> you can, you're funny. I'm gonna make a, make a joke, but I have no energy. Um, have you heard of of um, that vision by? Nebuchadnezzar of the statue with the many. You understand what all that stuff means? The different kingdoms of this world. Okay, cool. Oh. So I was going to say something that Satan for millennia had been working on humanity. Amen? It wasn't just that Satan was just, anyhow, bad, 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 evil, evil, evil. That's not how Satan does things. Satan is very, very calculated. To be honest with you, spirits are very calculated, all of them. They don't just do things anyhow. When they are doing something, it might seem sporadic to you because you don't have the wisdom of the order they're living by. But if, if you're privy to the wisdom working by, you will see music. You will see artistry. You will see skill. See someone that knows how to lie. Watch that guy. There is, a, there is a workmanship. There is a masterpiece being crafted inside of that person. So that the day the person wants to listen to God, that masterpiece will rise up. And the masterpiece... It, it, it won't even appear like there's a fight. No, there's a way you can deny God. You're the only, you don't have to argue. <laughs> you don't have to do gra, 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 gra. There's no fight. Oh, I'm so sorry. We got, God, I'm coming. <laughs> Jesus, I got you. I'm, I'm coming, Jesus. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. I'll be right back. <laughs> and you will never smell Jesus again. <laughs> What's what I'm saying? These workmen, they have a finesse about them. That's why when God is dealing with them, God's, God's approach to them is not to come with finesse. God comes with brute force. Who knows what I'm saying? The language I used, when I spoke about, please put that scripture, let's leave that scripture on the screen. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Leave it on the screen. When Papa said this, casting down arguments, that word for, the word for casting down really like what I said, or whatever, to dismantle. The actual language for casting out demons, that word for, when the Bible says, oh, my name is cast out devils, that word for casting out, the best way to describe it is, let's say you have a cockroach climbing on your hand. The act of driving it away from you, unless you like cockroaches, then this, this illustration wouldn't work. If you don't like cockroaches, this is a perfect explanation of what casting down means. <laughs> Amen? Because some people, you see cockroach on the hand. Rubbish. <laughs> some other people, they see cockroach on their hands. <laughs> Slow motion. No, no, no. No, no, no. <sighs> the worst is when you're fighting from the order from the cockroach, you now see the cockroach has wings. Hey, God. It is time. Rapture now. <laughs> Hallelujah. So how do you deal with that cockroach? You, you forcefully what? An eviction notice, right? Forcefully driving it away. Who knows what I'm saying? The language I used there was 
dismantling arguments, he specifies something in the core. Hallelujah. The Bible is telling us that despite the myriad of different life experiences, our histories, despite the unique circumstances we grew up in, despite the unique parameters, environments, genetic history, despite how intense some of these things might be, the weapons of our warfare are what? Effective. They are what? Mighty. Not just mighty as infective, for what? Dismantling, dissolving. Who knows what I'm saying? Thank you, Jesus. This means so much because understanding all of these things, the only question we then have is what? Lord Jesus, reveal to us what? These weapons of our warfare so that we can wage warfare successfully, effectively. Is anyone listening? We can wage warfare with might, with skill. Is anyone listening? The reason why I'm pointing all these things, I want to make sure I hit everything Baba said. Um, the reason why I'm hitting all these things is because you know, we have our conference. Um, do we have the graphic on that on that computer? Okay, put the screen up, um, the banner up real quick. The theme of our conference is the tree of life. Hallelujah. Last week, we spoke about foundational principle of the oracles of God. Amen. And we want to successfully transition towards the conference. Amen. The theme is the tree of life. Hallelujah. I've explained before that... Um, the tree of life, which we know is found where? In the Garden of Eden, right? Hallelujah. This tree of life, this Garden of Eden, if you can, disconnect yourself from the traditional understanding that the church has had for, I would say, centuries, maybe millennia. Hey, God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Unfolding scrolls, Kai. The key word here is engagement. <laughs> we will engage God's word. Hallelujah. <laughs> we need to engage God's word actively. <laughs> Hallelujah. I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say more than that. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. I'm trying to find a way to quickly to explain all of this in, in line with um, the theme and transition successfully. Is the perfect picture, amen? A, or garden, let me say it like this, gardening, horticulture, agriculture, beautifully captures what our task at hand is. Hallelujah. Because when God puts Adam in the Garden of Eden, amen, God puts Adam in a garden, amen, with trees that had fruit, amen, and each fruit had inside of it what? Seeds that did something. They brought forth after their kind. Anyone seen that in the Bible before? When God let the herbs, let the earth bring forth what? Trees, right? Plants and herbs that have fruits, that has seed on the inside that brings forth after its kind. Hallelujah. 
God put Adam in the Garden of Eden, amen, to partake of the trees. Let me, let me, let's go real quick, amen, to the book of Genesis chapter 1. We're just going to read and establish some context. Then we'll narrow in in Genesis chapter 2 with God's command to Adam. And by the mercy of God, we'll be able to end with that. We start from verse 11, Genesis 1 from verse 11. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the weapons of our warfare. Lord Jesus, we say thank you. Irrespective of our past, irrespective of our backgrounds, Lord Jesus, irrespective, Lord Jesus, of the, the unique strongholds, the unique circumstances, the genetic heritage, Lord God, irrespective of all of that, Lord Jesus, you have provided us with ammunition, with effective tools, for dissolving, Lord God, arguments, for, for, for dissolving, for destroying imaginations. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for these tools. Thank you because you're training us to be effective. You are training us, Lord God, to be skillful with your word. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Something, a word that we got. Um, so the word that we got on Saturday two weeks ago. On Thanksgiving and clarity, it was actually, I think it's a word for the church. In church on Sunday, this last week on Sunday, they had the same word. Pastor D was teaching about Thanksgiving and thankfulness. I was shocked. And so Thanksgiving and praise was the word that we got for clarity in this season. So intentionally exercising your heart in thanking God for what he's done. Redemption, exercise yourself in the, the blessings that God has given you. As in spiritual blessings, heavenly place in Christ Jesus. If you're, if you're looking for anything to manifest, just be thanking God for that thing intentionally. That makes sense? Hallelujah. Okay. With the scripture. With the scripture. Right. So thank you in the black. Thank you for so and so and so. No. Ensure that there is a scripture that addresses the matter. Right. And with that scripture, you are thanking God through that scripture. In two hours, you will get what you are looking for. That's actually a weapon of warfare right now. How many of you know that? <laughs> in the presence, I found, you know, the scripture that says that in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The scripture that says your enemies perish at your presence. Those scriptures are not a joke. We, we do not actively engage the presence of Jesus. I would encourage every believer to find your allocation of the visitation of Jesus in your 24 hours. It is different for each person. When you find your allocation, the time that has been assigned to you, that Jesus will visit with you, not you and other people, not you and telephone, not you and anybody else, and engage within that time space, the presence of Jesus. When you come out of that time space, whatever you guys do there, when you come out of it, engage the Lord with thanksgiving and the scripture that addresses what the issue is. Hallelujah. Amen. We'll exercise ourselves in these things. Amen. Hallelujah. As we exercise ourselves in these things, they get easier and we get more skillful. Amen. Hallelujah. God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed 
and fruit trees that yield what? Fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and a tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Hallelujah. So whenever you see trees in the book of Genesis, understand something. They're talking about reproduction. Something wants to bring forth after its kind. Is everyone listening? So the tree of life is not just there for eating so you can just live. No, 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 no. God wants to do what? Reproduce according to his kind. Is everyone listening? Just to show you that what I'm saying is true. Let's go real quick to Genesis chapter 5. Genesis 5. From verse 1. Genesis 5 and verse 1. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam in the day that God created man. He made him in the likeness of God. Now look very closely, okay? God made Adam in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day that they were created. And God, and Adam lived 130 years and begot a son. Read this. In his own likeness, after his image, and named him Seth. Where have you seen image and likeness before? So what God wanted was a son. Is everyone listening? In fact, the Greek word for Seth, look at what um, Eve said in Genesis 4.25. Adam knew his wife again and she bore his son and called his name Seth. For God, she said, has appointed me another seed. Is everyone listening? So in other words, Seth, this example, the Bible is sending here a precedent here. So you can know what Genesis 1.26 is all about. So when God said, let's make man in our image after our likeness, God is actually after what? He's kind. Does that make sense? God wanted to bring forth what? His kind. For God to bring forth his kind, the seed of God's kind was placed inside the fruit of God's kind in what? The tree of God's kind. Does that make sense? What we just read from Genesis chapter 1. I say that again, okay? Because God wants to bring forth after his kind, the seed of God's kind was found in the fruit of God's kind, which is growing on what? The tree of God's kind. In other words, when anyone is approaching the tree of God's kind, I thought that was an animal. Jesus Christ. <laughs> A different kind. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Okay. When you approach the tree of God's kind, amen, you're going to be looking at the fruit of God's kind. When you partake of the fruit, seeds are inside. Let me help everyone with this. Okay, I'm going to say something. If you, if you go to a cashew tree, right? If you go to a cashew tree right now, you will get the fruit, cashew fruit. But inside the cashew fruit is the seed. Is the seed that we eat, the cashew nuts that they are selling. That's just easy to understand. It's not complicated at all, what he's saying. Does that make sense? So inside that seed, inside that fruit, inside the cashew nut seed is cashew. Inside the cashew nut fruit is cashew. Inside the cashew tree is cashew. So inside the seed of God is God. The fruit of God is God. The tree of God is God. Does all this make sense? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
to help out even further, please understand that this tree of life, amen, this garden of Eden, amen, do not limit them to physical entities or locations. But let me say it like this. I will be very surprised if Adam and Eve physically were eating anything physically. Is everyone listening? The tree of life was to be feasted on with the souls of Adam and Eve. Is everyone listening? So in other words, the art of journeying to the trees was not done with Adam's physical body. I will be surprised if it was. It was done with what? Adam's soul. Does that make sense? You know, there's things that you feed on with your soul. How do we do that? When you watch YouTube videos and you're laughing, ha, 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 or you're on TikTok, ha, 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 it's not your body that's eating. It is what? Your soul that is eating. Is everyone listening? Because of your soul feasting on that thing, you can spend hours there. In fact, let me say something else. Even when you are eating physical food, if it is done a specific way, your soul can eat of it too. Is everyone listening? So you find that the food for your soul can sustain your body so intensely. I, used to, uh, I know what I'm saying. Back in the day, I used to play video games. Hallelujah. And I, don't, I didn't play video games to enjoy myself. I played video games to annoy the people I'm playing against. Who knows what I'm saying? I'll play shooter games. When I'm shooting you, you'll be telling people online that I'm cheating. I wanted to play, I want to be so good when I'm playing against you, you would be convinced I'm cheating. Who gets what I'm saying? When I'm playing fighting games, when we're playing, you know those people that when they're playing games, they always beat you and they always find a way to beat you. No matter how much you try, I like to be that person. Does that make sense? So, to get, to become that kind of, you don't become that kind of person by just once in a while playing games, right? How do you become that kind of person? Thank you. That's the key word, right? So I'll play, 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 play when I'm engaged online because I want that guy to feel pain. You know what I'm doing? <laughs> if food is ready, my mom be coming from downstairs. Remember <laughs> that vacation, 2012? <laughs> Junior, food is ready. And the food is amazing. I will not deny it. The food is good. Amen? I'm living in America. We don't have good chicken. Amen? We don't have good spices. My mom will come from Nigeria and bring food that tastes real. Amen? And that is the only time I get to experience real food. Amen? Now, as true as that statement is, I have food that you know not of. <laughs> and until I have finished eating my food, I am not too interested. I can feel my belly rumbling. Is everyone listening? I can feel the discomfort, but I'm feasting on something. Does that make sense? So that meal I'm feasting on can sustain me. Who's ever gone on a fast before and you did not pray? You know how dry that fast is, right? Painful, boring, useless. Stop, just start, you're going on a fast. Just start praying. Just start, check it. You forget you're fasting. There's a place where the noise of your belly can be very loud. But fast a few times. Don't be, don't, don't be scared. Just do it a few times. After a while, you forget you're fasting when you're engaging the Lord. It is when it's a time. It's not because we built a habit out of breaking our fast. That's how we pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. If you get lost, you forget you're supposed to have broken your fast at a specific, specific time. Sometimes you have gone way past the time you should break your fast. You don't even feel hungry, but the habit of eating is what is now driving you. 
to go and break your fast. Who knows what I'm saying? Happened to me many, many, many times. <laughs> I will know that I don't need to break my fast. But chicken. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is everyone listening? So your soul, everyone say my soul is very powerful. Very powerful. Sustains my body. And my soul can dictate the life in my spirit. That is the most, that's the most scary thing. My very life force, my soul can demand for a life force. How many of you that when you gave your life to Jesus, your, your soul responded to God's life? And what happened? The life force inside of you changed because of that exposure. Your soul made a decision. I want the life of God. And immediately, what happened? Is everyone listening? Your soul, what? Received life from God. And the first thing the life of God came to do was to <clears throat> blot out the life force of Satan inside of you. Is everyone listening? That's what happened to Adam and Eve. As they communed with Satan, let me say it like this. The tree of life is Jesus. What did I say? Let me just summarize it like that. Amen. And just to help you out. Hallelujah. The word Eden, it means pleasure. The Bible says in his presence is what? Fullness of joy. At his right hand is what? Pleasures forevermore. Amen. You could have said it like this. At his right hand is Eden. Hallelujah. Where is Jesus Christ right now? At the right hand of God. And Jesus Christ is God's son in whom he is well pleased. Pleasure. Amen? Just a simple way of helping out. Jesus Christ also said this, I am the vine. Hallelujah. If you abide in me, you bring forth fruit. Hallelujah. He said you are clean if my word, because my words have made you clean, right? Abide in me, let my words abide in you. He's talking about what Adam was supposed to have been doing in the garden. Is everyone listening? So let me place it like let me re, let me just rearrange everything for you, okay? Don't think about the garden of being like a garden now. Think about it now, like a forum with different speakers or with different workshops. That's a better way to say it. And in each workshop, you have a unique speaker. Does that make sense? In when you enter this forum, they have many different. Speakers in the catalogs. Uh, you see here, Kai, how to do this one, how to do that. Okay? And you see like this itinerary of the different workshops that will be taking place. So let's go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 2. Hallelujah. Spiritual things. We're used to spiritual things having a, we're used to things having a form that we can recognize. Right? When I say phone, this is what comes to your mind. Can I shock you? Because of technology, that thing is being broken off of us. How many of you know that? When I say television, there was a time television meant a long rectangular tube, right? After a while, it became this big, right? After a while, it became this skinny thing now. After a while, it's becoming this one. Little by little, you'll be wearing glasses. Is everyone listening? Before ultimately, you are the television. <laughs> That's where they. <laughs> so it's the same thing, right? Television means what? Far vision, seeing something that is not here. That's what television means. Tele, distance, vision, sight, right? Over time, it has changed form, right? At one point in time, newspapers. How did newspaper come? One guy in your village with a drum. Right? 
That's the newspaper row. Town cry, thank you. Right? What is he doing? In ancient Israel, it was a shofar. The way he blew the shofar let you know what was happening. Is anyone listening? After a while, it went from that to a guy, like a, a someone that will read out a letter from the king and puts on a tree. From there, it became, once the printing press happened, you can now print out many of these things. They didn't have to be handwritten, any, hand copied anymore. Newspaper. Now, where do you find news? On the internet. In fact, now, your, you know these smart speakers, Alexa, Google Home, Siri, they can, when you wake up in the morning, they can tell you what's happening in the, in the news right now. As you go, good morning, Alexa, Alexa begins to respond and tell you, good morning, Francis, the temperature is at this, the weather's going to be like this, this is what's happening right now, you're in Lagos right now, traffic is going to be like da 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 That is what, my town cry. Notice how it has changed shape. So, I'm saying this so that when we're reading the scriptures, please understand something. When you read your Bible, the, te- the tabernacle that Moses built, amen? When David looked at it and wanted to build a house for the ark, he did not build exactly what Moses built. How many of you know that? He built by functionality, not by form. Remember the David's tent, the tabernacle of David? There was no veil there. Why? He understood what the function was. So he discovered that human beings can supply the function there. So what did he do? 24, 24 courses of, of singers. Day and night, that's right, singing unto God. And that, what happened? The ark was, the shana glory was resting in that place. Of all the tabernacles that God said he was going to build back, it is that one. He didn't say I want to build back the tabernacle of Moses or the, or the temple of Solomon. But what? The tabernacle of David. It looks, by form, it least looks like Moses' tabernacle, right? Somebody don't understand what I'm saying. For a tabernacle to be built, fire has to come down from heaven. No? Is everyone listening? If it doesn't come, when they built the tabernacle of Moses, Moses and Aaron, they went inside, they anointed from the most holy place outwards. As they were anointing, fire came from heaven inside the most holy place and pushed them out. As they were anointing the things in the holy place, when they finished, that fire swallowed up the, um, the holy place. When they got to the outer court, it swallowed the outer court. The Bible says that the fire was there and no one could enter in. Is anyone listening? That was how God said, this is, this is the tabernacle. As you, you build the tabernacle. It, when, it, when they were building Solomon's te- um, temple, when he finished doing everything, do you know what happened? No fire fell. You know what, you know what Solomon told them? He told all the priests at once, they began to shout what? The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. The Bible says that when all the musicians, the minstrels, there were 120 of them, they all sounded as one. Pa! What happened? Fire came from heaven and what? Swallowed up the entire temple. That's how a tabernacle is open. So that means that when David did what? <laughs> Put the Ark of the Covenant inside one some guy's bedroom. What happened? Fire came down from where? Who knows what I'm saying? What am I saying here? Not by form, but by what? By function. So when you're reading your Bible, you should be more interested in what can this thing do, not the form. If anything, the form can be used to explain its function at best. Once you understand what the form is for, make sure you understand the function. Because let me explain something to you. 
There is absolutely nothing. See this tabernacle thing here? What is that? This Ark of the Covenant here. Hallelujah. All these tabernacle things, the menorah, the golden altar, all these things, you are actually the one that's meant to be doing what all those things are doing. In fact, these things are a joke compared to you. So what does that mean? Sorry? We've already gone past <laughs> It's actually true. Okay, the water fell. So what does that mean? If you remember the day of Pentecost, that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. How many of you know that? On the day of Pentecost, what happened? Fire came from where? It came from heaven. That was God inaugurating his dwelling place. Is anyone listening? There was no need for menorah. There was no need for the Ark of the Covenant. That's so sad. Because the, the Pharisees and the priests were inside the structure. Meanwhile, what? People were carrying the Shekinah glory on their heads. Is everyone listening? I hope everyone understands. Why am I saying all these things? When you look at the Garden of Eden, don't be limited to trees in a forest. If I tell you the scope of the Garden of Eden, you will change your mind. Because if you check the scriptures very carefully, each of those trees in the garden, they were cherubim. Is everyone listening? They were protected or monitored by cherubim. One of the trees, the Trinogical and Evil, was monitored by who? Satan. Cherubims, they govern regions. Is everyone listening? Of huge expanses that are, honestly speaking, very difficult to describe with like our measurements of distance in, in the physical space, amen? Because some of it cuts into the spiritual realm as well. Does that make sense? But when you look at the fact that the Garden of Eden had all of the cherubims there, I think it was, Pastor David, I was explaining this thing once. He explained this, I think it was in, when I went to Voice of the Churches, and he explained this, that cherubims, when, except for when God is in motion, I'm trying to remember what he said now. Yes, they don't, the living creatures, they move, but cherubims don't move. That's what he said. I remember now. Yes, yes, yes. So in other words, if you encounter a cherubic realm, it is because you went there. Does that make sense? So basically, with that understanding or that wisdom, I piece together something. That means that the Garden of Eden, it wasn't that they were coming to meet Adam. Adam was what? Going to meet them. These creatures, they govern all of creation. Is everyone listening? What did I say? They literally govern all of creation. If you check the scripture, the Bible says, um, give, um, give unto the, um, God sits amongst the mighty. He rules amongst the gods. That word for gods are cherubim. Is everyone listening? What I'm trying to say here is that the scope of what they cover is, is huge. Amen? So that tells you what the Garden of Eden scale is everyone listening the scale of that garden it wasn't one forest it wasn't zambiza forest it wasn't the amazonian forest is everyone listening it will not have fit on this planet is everyone listening okay put this thing back on the screen please hallelujah oh dear <laughs> yes genesis chapter two hallelujah Let's go from verse 8. The Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden. 2 from verse 8. And there he put the man whom he had formed. Hallelujah. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight. Good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
This lets you know what was, what God wanted to reproduce. How many of that God did not want to reproduce Satan's life in Adam? How many know that? I'm going to show you exactly what God's intentions were. Hallelujah. The Bible says here, now a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it parted and became four river heads. The name of the first is Pishon. Please um, just keep on going. The, length, the reason for this here, they're trying to show you here that the Garden of Eden is a temple. Amen? It might not be very obvious to us now because we're reading that and we're like, How, what are you saying? But the ancient Jews, when they read the book of Genesis, Genesis was written by Moses, amen, in light, amen, of the things that he had, the culture that they had right there. Does that make sense? Let me explain it like this. When Moses wrote the Moses book of Genesis, is not the first book that was written in the Bible, is the book of Job. That's one. Two, Moses wrote the book of Genesis, and he wrote it in a specific way with a specific goal in mind. He wanted to show Israel that all of them were meant to be priests. Is anyone listening? The way he described the Garden of Eden was very intentional in communicating that human beings are meant to be what priests unto God. So everything you see about the description of Eden. Is not about a physical description. <clears throat> He's literally modeling. If even if you check the garden of, if you check the the tabernacle itself, you will see Eden-like imagery. Is everyone listening? When you check Solomon's temple, you would see there were palm trees on the walls of the sanctuary. There were flowers, and there were cherubim. Where do you find that sequence of entities? In the scriptures, in the Garden of Eden. Is everyone listening? That Bible said that the cherubim, they what? They guard. It wasn't one cherubim. The Bible says they were cherubims. They guarded the way. So as you're going to the tree of life, what will you meet on the way? Cherubims all over the place. Is everyone listening? Hallelujah. So when you're seeing the bedillion, the onyx, gold, what are they describing? The breastplate of righteousness, right? The gold with which what? Many of these sanctuary items and even the breastplate was made from. They just let you know this is, a, this is garden territory. This is temple territory, presence of God territory. Amen? So moving on, the Bible says in verse 15, Then the Lord God took the man, um, even all these things, the east of Assyria, Hydekel, all these different things, they are all making reference to temple imagery, okay? The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. That sequence of words, tend and keep, not in English, but in Hebrew. In Hebrew, that sequence of words is only used to describe the assignments of priests. Go and check in your, your Hebrew lexicon, and you see that sequence of words translated tend and keep. You can do the search right now or whenever you want to. That sequence is only used to describe the what? The assignment of priests. Letting you know that this thing here is what? A temple. Does that make sense? Okay. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God, next page, commanded the man saying, of every what? Tree of the garden, you may what? Freely eat. Now, I've explained this before, amen? When you read that word there translated freely, you might assume that God is saying, Adam, you can eat any tree you want. That's what it looks like, right? Right? It looks like God is saying, Adam, which tree do you want? Have anyone you want, my dear son. Right? But if I tell you that this was incorrectly translated, you're going to arrive at a different conclusion. Because that Hebrew word translated freely there is actually the Hebrew word for eat. If I was to literally 
if I also transliterate what is written there, captured in ancient Hebrew, in English, it would be like this. Of every tree of the garden, you eat, eat. That's literally what God said. Now, in the English language, when you see two words repeated after each other, usually it's because of maybe someone stammering, right? Or an accident or a typo, right? But in Hebrew, you, there are no typos in Hebrew. How many of you know that? The Bible says not a single jot or tittle, right? That's one. Two, Hebrew scribes, they are very, very diligent people. The people that translated the Bible, I think they said two again. They said that whenever they will write God's name, they'll take a shower first before they write God's name, before they write Yahweh. When they, they finish writing everything, when they get to Yahweh, they'll go and do what? They'll stop, put their pen down, go and take a bath. They'll come back and then put Yod, He, Vav, He. When they finish, they're going to take a bath and they continue writing whatever they're writing. So you can imagine all those Psalms. The Lord is good. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> you just see when they come out, they will just be so they're coming coming back home. Honey, you smell like dove and lavender. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> so I'm such a clean. What's a clean drip? Hallelujah. <laughs> what's a good God we have? Hallelujah. They were very diligent. Let me explain what the double thing means. Hallelujah. In Hebrew, ancient Hebrew, because they didn't have punctuations, there were different ways that they, um, they insinuated emphasis. Yes, they brought emphasis to what was written. And the primary way they would do that is by repetition. If you see something repeated over and over and over again in Hebrew, they're drawing your attention to that thing. Does that make sense? So, for example, when Jesus Christ would say, verily, verily, I say unto you, he wasn't stammering. It wasn't like his adage. How does Jesus talk? I don't know. He always say, he say three things twice. When God says Samuel, Samuel, that's not God saying, Samuel, Samuel. Did you not hear me? Samuel, Samuel. No, 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 no. God is what's saying this. This is what God is actually saying. If you were there, okay, and you're able to perceive that interaction between God and Samuel, this is what God was doing. Samuel! Uh, <laughs> hallelujah. But because you can't capture God shouting, how would you say that in ancient Hebrew? You write it, Samuel, Samuel. Does that make sense? When the seraphim are worshiping God, <laughs> when the seraphim are worshiping God, hallelujah, you will see that they don't um, do um, repetition just once. They do it twice. And that is the peak. Yes, holy, holy, holy. That third power means that every single faculty Amen, is involved in what is being projected. Does that make sense? So when God is saying here, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat if we were there. What God would have told Adam is this, of every tree of this garden, eat! Is everyone listening? That means God was telling him, you must eat. Is everyone listening? Not that you might. Not you may freely. <clears throat> God said what? You must. I remember when the Lord showed me this, and I was wondering, why did he tell Adam so passively to do this? And God showed me in the ancient Hebrew. He actually said, eat, eat. I said, this makes sense. Because God can be showing you something, but you can't see it explicitly in the scriptures. Then you discover one day that, oh, it actually doesn't say that in the scriptures. It only says that in the King James. Is everyone listening? The actual scriptures do not say that. Is everyone listening? So God told Adam, I want to reproduce after my kind. Is everyone listening? I want you 
that's actually what when God when the Bible calls Jesus Christ the begotten of God. Jesus Christ had to go through this process for God to reproduce. How many know Jesus Christ was not born with God's life? Hey, blasphemy! Oh God, this guy! I knew it. That's his shit. I'm in branch. You know, when God asked um, Jeremiah, what's he at? He said, see, I saw I'm on tree. Hallelujah. You discover that when, when Jesus Christ was born into this world, almond branch, the tree, the almond tree, it's reference to Shiva. We'll get to that in a second. When, oh my, I opened lost my chicken. Let me change that there. When Jesus Christ came into this world, he didn't come as a life-giving spirit, the kind of spirit that God is. Hallelujah. He came as a living soul, the kind of spirit that Adam was. How many of you know that Adam did not come into the full image and likeness of God? How many of you know that? Hallelujah. Someone would say, but the Bible says that God made Adam in his image after his likeness. You're going to see in the scriptures that many times God will make a provision for something. And once that provision has been made, God has done his part. And because of that, God can sufficiently say what? I have done this thing. Does that make sense? It's like, for example, now the Bible says that he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Have you seen that before in the Bible? That's because what? Because of what the, the work of Jesus Christ in your spirit, man. There is literally no sin that tarnishes the righteousness of God inside of you. Sorry? With all spiritual blessings. The way that God showed me this was that the anomalies that you find in your soul, the amount of righteousness that you have tips the scale so far, it nullifies those things. Does that make sense? There is so much righteousness because of what Jesus Christ has done inside of you. Your sins can be rounded out successfully. Does that make sense? It's like infinity versus a, a number. If you divide, if you, there's this thing that if you divide any number by zero, you get infinity. So if you multiply infinity by any number, you, by zero, you can get any number. That's exactly how the life of God is. It is very confusing. <laughs> what is that what I just said now? Because multiplying infinity by zero can technically give you what? Any number. If you understand mathematics, you understand what I'm saying. Amen? I'm going to, I'm going to move away from here because some people are already, <laughs> already doubting. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, dear. The life of God in me. Yes. Hallelujah. The life, of, the life that Jesus Christ came with was the life that Adam had before. It was called the living soul. Remember when God, my Bible said that God breathed into man the breath of life? A man became a living soul. Amen. That was not just a reference to Adam's soul being alive. It was the kind of life that Adam had. Hallelujah. If you check the scripture, you discover that because of the life that Adam had inside of him, amen, he was meant to, through the provision of the garden, come into the likeness of God. That likeness of God means that Adam would have come into being the son of God. The Greek word for son there would have been weos, mature, developed. Is everyone listening? The reason why this is very important, hallelujah, is because... Hallelujah. When Adam was first made, he was not the brightness of God's glory. He was not the express image 
of God's person. That is Jesus Christ. So in Genesis 1.26, when God said, I want to bring forth after my kind, God's kind is what? Jesus. Is everyone listening? That's why I said before that the tree of life is who? Jesus. That's why my man said that the seed of life is who? Jesus. Is everyone listening? Honestly speaking, this is enough for all the Bible studies you need to do in your life. Honestly, this understanding alone can deal with so many things. We're going to round it up with this though. Hallelujah. God told Adam, you must eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. That one is also mis mistranslated as well. The original Hebrew would say, in day you eat of it, you shall die, die. So God said, in day you eat of it, you shall what? Die! Is everyone listening? So you're seeing God highlighting two things. Eat or what? Die. Is everyone seeing the picture here? Now, this is literally the same thing that has come upon us in the New Testament. When God said, I've said before you life and death, I say choose life. Life for us is what? Eat. Everyone say eat. And death for us is what? Don't eat. Is everyone listening? You have a question? Okay, you're raising your hand, that's why. Look like you're raising your hand, sorry. Is everyone listening? Does everyone understand? God wants to bring forth his life. Hallelujah. And the way for God to achieve this is for us to do something, to plant the seed of his life inside of us. Now, here is something very interesting. We're going to find out what the seed is. Give me Matthew 13. We're going to end with this. Hallelujah. Uh-oh. Sorry. Give me, give me Luke 8 from verse 11. Sorry. Luke chapter 8 from verse 11. Hallelujah. Is this confusing? Hey, no answer. No, sir. Ah, media team is the one that's answering me. Kai. <laughs> Hallelujah. The parable is this. Everyone say the seed of the life of God is the word of God. This is the primary weapon of our warfare. This is what deals with all of the strongholds, all of the imaginations. This is what deals with your history. In fact, if you check the scriptures, through the seed sown inside of you, you can literally produce anything once you can get what? The seed. Does that make sense? If I want to produce a mango tree, all I need is what? Mango seed. That's actually not all I need, though. We'll get to that in a second. Amen? Thank you. You need the right parameters. You need the good soil. Is everyone listening? That's actually, where I, that's actually what the weapon of our warfare is. It's how to make our hearts fertile. It's actually how to get... Hallelujah. Let me explain what God wanted Adam and Eve to do. 
There's all of these trees, amen, in the Garden of Eden. Again, this garden is not a forest, though. It's not Zambezi, it's not Amazon, amen? Think of it like this also. I already said a seminar, right? Of workshops. Think of it like a library. Amen? With different books. Of any of these books you may read, don't read that book. If you read these books, you come alive. Make sense? Think of it like a train station. You can go into to any of these destinations. Don't go to that place, though. Is everyone listening? I'm just trying to disconnect our minds from that. I'm not doing it so that we can leave what the Bible is saying. I want us to understand function over form. Does that make sense? So that way we can see ourselves in the Garden of Eden. Amen? When you're praying in the morning. When you're spending time in the presence of God. You don't have to see a, a vision of a tree. If you are feasting on the presence of God. If you are devouring the word. What are you? Where are you? Is everyone listening? What, what, what are you doing? You are eating. Is everyone listening? Who knows what I'm saying? You don't have to wait for that visionary experience. In fact, the visionary experience will usually come at the end or right before you actually do the eating. If you, if you have visions of yourself eating all the trees in the Garden of Eden and you do not spend time in God's word, your vision will amount to nothing. I can assure you. The vision is almost like a ceremony. Imagine you do, you do marriage ceremony. Then when it's now time for the vows to be, to be <laughs> you now do know what? We've done the ceremony, my dear. It is, <laughs> what I'm saying. You don't sign the marriage certificate. You don't go, you didn't do introduction. You just do, dun, dun. what is that called? That's called a movie, right? That's called cinema. That's called theater. What else I'm saying? You go through all of the, you eat all the yam, all the rice. Rice is rice. We don't, we don't eat yam in weddings. <laughs> Who eats yam in weddings? Is it pounded yam? You eat yam at weddings? Come on. Pounded yam. Okay, pounded yam. If, if it's a solid yam. Porridge. Uh, porridge. Okay, yam, porridge. We eat porridge. <laughs> I'm talking about yam as in boiled yam with, with tomato, tomato, red tomato sauce. Stew. Drop pa in the opponent's <laughs> I, mean, I, like I like to see that at a wedding. Is there, if, it, if there's any wedding that that's happening, please let me know so I can. You plan on doing. Oh, that's what you're planning on. <laughs> uh, word of knowledge is hitting me. <laughs> Hallelujah. What a heavy day that's going to be. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. What a weighty wedding. Hallelujah. The weight of God's glory will drop that day. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The ceremony means nothing, right? Without the actual commitment, right? Without the actual vows. The ceremony gets its energy from something. It means nothing. There's no introduction. If you do marriage proposal to someone and you don't, let's, let's say you go to God, say Andrew, so Shile. I have to call it Shile now because, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> You've never met her before in your life. Ah, Jesus. It's just a, a bad story, right? You can really tell where this is going. It's so bad. Amen? I remember one, I saw a trailer. It was a guy that was looking for, he was looking for his, what was he looking for now? He was looking for his keys. Fell down, then he went on one knee in the movie theater. The girl looked at him. She said, no. 
<laughs> he now turned on his flashlight on his phone and bent down. <laughs> but initially, he put his hand in his pocket. Then he pulled out the cell phone. <laughs> no one gets a picture. So the guy goes on one knee in movie theater in front of her. He now pull, puts his hand in his pocket. And she's like, no, 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 no. Pulls out his phone. <sighs> like, no, we're not there yet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Who knows what I'm saying? The power of the proposal is what? All the time you have spent, right? Interacting with each other. It means nothing if you just come out. See one big guy. Like, you know, like nowadays, that's what's happening in the world. Just guys, he's one fine babe. Jesus Christ. And that is the end. On YouTube, there's actually video, YouTube channels dedicated to this thing. Guy will meet one girl on the road. And then that is the end of that girl's virginity or what is it now? As I mean, when is it as the end? It is a, they call it body count. <laughs> Hallelujah. It, these things, they mean what? Nothing. Without what? The investment over time. These visions, they mean what? Nothing, unless we respond. Paul said it like this, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Is everyone listening? Okay, I'm really way past time here. Hallelujah. Parable is this, the seed is what? The word of God. Hallelujah. Now here's the part that everything gets, where everything gets very interesting. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And it keeps on going down and down different kinds of hearts. Hallelujah. At the very end, he arrives at this one, okay? Next page, next page. Because there's the ones that are the thorns. Hallelujah. Verse 15. But the ones that fall on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, do what? Keep it and what? Bring forth fruit after his kind. Has everyone seen the picture here? So let me phrase it like this, amen? The seed, amen, can make you God. Does that make sense? You'll be living the life of God. Right now, all of us have the life of God, right? But are we living out God's life? That's a whole different question altogether. It is now dependent on the kind of hearts that we have. Why? Because God's life force is emerging from your spirit, man, Right? Wanting to culture your soul. But en route. What is that? We have what? Strongholds. Imaginations. Arguments. Reasonings. And they are very strong. They are what you call reality. We explained that last week, right? They're, some of them, as far as history is concerned, what, what, what you ought to do. You don't, have a, you don't have a way of thinking out some things. There was a... You know, there's a way that when someone is hungry for, for food, let me phrase it like this. There's a period of time when I dealt with this thing, amen? I'll, I'll go on a fast, hallelujah. And when I finish with the fast, I will prepare food for myself. Who knows what I'm saying? So that when I finish fasting, I can what? I can break my fast. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I have fasted, I ought to break my fast. Ha! I went through this teaching by the Holy Ghost where I will set my food aside then someone from somewhere will come and take my food. I'm not going to lie. For almost a year or two years, I, would, I, I could not do this thing where when someone is taking my food, I will just let it go. I could not let that thing go. It will pain me inside. I have fasted for Almighty God and you took my food. What kind of monster? <laughs> I'm not even joking. The first time it happened to me, I started shouting, Who took my food? 
Who did this? I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I'm, I was free. I remember, it's not too far away from me. That's why I'm, I remember it so clearly. <laughs> Hallelujah. Honestly speaking, I didn't want to hear. I didn't even care what encounter I had. All of those experiences, I am coming. Who took my food? <laughs> Especially when it's, as you're, as you're running up your prayer. That's the way you speak in tongue when you're running up your prayer. When you finish, you, you successfully finished your fast. <laughs> I am like, oh, Lord, God is so sweet. God. <laughs> Lord, we finished this fast. Now, <laughs> it is time for the laborer to receive his wages. You now hear what? They strike at what? The place where they do payment. Go and call that woman now. Tell her to come to this terminal and give me my money. In other words, what? Give me my food. Ha! Hallelujah. <laughs> It did not matter how many goosebumps I felt. I had one time. Oh, sometimes it's here in the cave. And it's, I'll break my fast past midnight when there's no one open. And all I have to break my fast with is what? Cookies from where? Now, for many people, that's okay. When I want to break my fast, I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to crack it. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I have finished fasting. It is time to. <laughs> so when they crack, when they scratch their fast, they knock on their fast. <laughs> I am coming to what? <laughs> so I don't want to hear any stories. <laughs> I have been. I have gone to long Sometimes, sometimes I actually would. I would stretch myself, but I have in my mind that plate of food is in the fridge. So when I finish and I open the fridge, it's not there. Oh, that thing. It, it doesn't pain. It pains my spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I might have encountered God during that fast, but I was set. Who knows what I'm saying? That's a stronghold. Is anyone listening? Over time, initially I could not hear God. God would tell me, calm down. I don't want to hear what you have to say. They took my food. I'm, I'm not joking. I am I'm furious. I want to finish woman in the mouth. I'm so sorry, Lord. <laughs> when I've gotten my food back, <laughs> we cannot apologize and repent. I'm so sorry, my heavenly father. I'm sorry. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Who knows what I'm saying? That's a stronghold. That I am so faithful. Thank you, Jesus. I was almost, you know when you're, you know the times are so funny? When you thought the food was gone, but it wasn't. Open the fridge. Oh, God. I knew this was going to happen. They now check. Oh, thank you. I, my God cannot fail me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is everyone listening? Some of these strongholds, you think that they are you. You don't, you don't even have any concept of, of, of not them not existing. Does that make sense? So when someone is trying to explain, God can be explaining to you, Honestly speaking, unless an angel appears that gives me my food back, I don't want to hear anything that God has to say at that point in time. That's not what I'm saying. That thing has to be what? Broken. It has to be what? Dissolved. Is everyone listening? That's argument. That's reasoning. It has to be pulled down. Hallelujah. You know what's so cool? 
God is teaching us. Because all those high things, those, all those things, they actually form the different kinds of hearts. Is everyone listening? The hard, the thorny, the wayside. They are that way because of all of these things. God wants to teach us how to go from wayside, where there's evil spirits everywhere. That's where I was, though. Amen? When you're someone that has superfluity of naughtiness, when you have an overflow, don't even deceive yourself. You need to go and get delivered. <laughs> By deliverance, I mean like you need to spend time in the word, a lot of time in the word. Amen? Hallelujah. Until when you can control yourself. Once you've broken off all those ones, um, Bible calls it um, James chapter 1, superfluity of naughtiness and what else? Overflow of wickedness. Hallelujah. Once you finish with that one, the next one now is what? The hard soil. The one that when God is talking. Yeah, I can't. It doesn't last very long, right? The impact of God's word is not very Most believers are in that place. You check in a meeting. Kai! As you're leaving the meeting, oh, it's going away. The other one, the last one before you get to good soil. You are genuine. Amen? It is, it is real. You're able to nurse. Amen? That response to God's word, to God's life. But then what happens? The legitimacy of life. That is when there is contention. What happens? It dissolves it. The weapons of our warfare can take us from one extreme, superfluity of naughtiness, and bring us where? To a good heart. Jesus Christ has provided this. That God has made this provision for us. Is everyone listening? This provision is available to us through his word. Hallelujah. Can we stand? Irrespective of the kind of heart, because your heart is not just one place. If you check, if you go outside, some places are by the wayside, some places are stony, some places are soft, some places are fertile, right? That's how our, our hearts are really in different areas of our lives. One area of your life, it is very fertile. When God speaks, you erupt with joy, and it is genuine joy, and it lasts, it stays there. You're bringing forth fruit. But some other places, as God is speaking, you're planting the seeds, it's bouncing off the ground. In fact, it doesn't even touch the ground. Evil spirits are what? Taking it away. I want us to understand that God's word is effective in dealing with all of these different kinds of hearts. I want us to just in our hearts, just close, our, close your eyes, and just contemplate on this truth. That the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. They are effective in dealing with these things. If you have sickness in your body, this is one I was talking to my sister about recently. Some things that I myself want to go on intentionally for a few months to change the kind of heart. Because in some places in my life, my heart is hard. That's the truth. So because of that, I can rejoice in a meeting. I can rejoice when God's word is, is brought forth. But it doesn't stay. We're meant to delight in God. God's word is food to our souls, beloved. I know what I'm saying. I can feast on video games and enjoy myself without food. We can do the same thing with God's word. I didn't, I didn't plan a fast 
when I would play those video games. I wasn't planning a fast. I was just enjoying video games. There's a way you can enjoy God's word. You're not planning a fast. You just don't eat because you are enjoying yourself. This is how we ought to be. I just want us to see, Papa will talk about um, this visual engagement. We're intentionally allowing our imaginations to be fruitful. What exactly does it feel like to be in this position? What exactly does it feel like to, to live like this? This is our inheritance. This is our, this belongs to us, beloved. These are the weapons of our warfare. They have been given to us. So that we can experience this life that is inside of us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your life. Your life is inside of me. Can we just say that the life of God is inside of me? I have the life force of God inside of me. God's life wants to burst out of me. God wants to reproduce after his kind. And his kind is inside of me. The hope of glory. Now this kind inside of me wants to manifest. Wants to swallow up everything about my life. Not, he doesn't want to leave behind any trace of who I used to be before. Christ is in me. Christ is in me. Christ is in me. The tree of life is in me. The seed of life is in me. We need to acknowledge that first. If you believed in, in, in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've, you've submitted your life to him, if you're a follower of Jesus, his life force is inside of you. The seed of life is inside of you. Now all that matters, the next step is the kind of heart that would allow, allow Christ to be made manifest. In Ephesians 3, Paul said it like this, he was praying that Christ, the life of God inside of you, would dwell in your heart by faith that Christ would dwell in your heart by faith that Christ would dwell in my heart by faith thank you Jesus Heavenly Father we thank you for showing us Lord God we say you are revealing to us what the weapons of our warfare are you're revealing to us these truths you are making them Lord Jesus easy to exercise easy to apply easy to use they are not going to be out of reach any longer lord jesus they're going to be within reach they're going to be accessible we will see the potency of your word yes lord jesus our eyes will see the potency of god's word it's not going to be the one-off example when something is effective in doing something everyone goes for that thing the reason why you see cars everywhere is because they are effective means of transportation. So in other words, we should see 
the weapons of our warfare everywhere in the church. The problem is that many of us do not know, most of us, most of the church, we do not know how to use, how to apply God's word. But our Lord God is revealing to us the wisdom and the skill accessible you can come and grab your tokens the bread and the wine hallelujah apologies everyone for taking so long hallelujah so sorry um, we have vigil tonight we won't start the six hours so soon hallelujah we'll do another um, I think it's four hours we did last week four till seven to seven thirty okay till seven yeah so that's three hours three hours yeah hallelujah I think from next week we have prayer retreat this weekend so after Yahweh to face conference we'll switch into um, our six hours hallelujah I want to thank everyone for joining us. Hallelujah. Um, this is Melchizedek School of Priesthood. Hallelujah. And we would be um, we'll be logging off, dismissing everyone officially right now. Hallelujah. Don't forget we have the prayer retreat um, this weekend. Hallelujah. It starts tomorrow, sir. Oh, the conference also. Hallelujah. So we have the retreat, the conference retreat. Um, it's happening this weekend. It starts Friday night and it continues to Sunday in the afternoon. Um, we have our conference, the Yahweh to Face Prophetic Conference. We're currently in it right now, the Yahweh to Face season. We're having virtual sessions online every evening from 8 p.m. except for Thursdays because of Melchizedek School. Um, fasting and prayer is happening every day from 6 a.m. till 4 a.m. From 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. We have watches at 6 a.m watches at 2 p.m. Our prayer retreat is from um, January 27th to the 29th. Hallelujah. Then we have our conference sessions happening um, from the 2nd of February to the 4th of February. February. Hallelujah. We're ending everything on the 4th of the finale during our Preparing His Bride that Saturday. Hallelujah. Um, if you want to give, I saw some people dropping their offerings. Thank you so much. Um, can, you give, um, can you put up offering information on the screen? Hallelujah. Yes, you can sow or give to um, Preparing His Bride. That's account information right there. Hallelujah. The offering basket is here too. You can sow online. God bless you as you give. And we are officially dismissed. Hallelujah. Amen.